in between what was a series on Can You See It in Mission Conference, there were a couple of weeks to, to share truth about something, and that something that God laid on my heart was about giving. And giving simply because I think, and when I say that word giving, you know, we, we're tying in, we're focusing on that um, financial aspect of it, but it's so much bigger than that. Uh, that's really the easiest thing uh, to give. It's, it's money and things out of our financial resources. But um, what it means when you hear that word giving, I hope you think about uh, the totality of your life. So the way that you're able to spend your time, the efforts that you make, uh, the things that you do, what you have in your heart, your spiritual gifts, skills, talents, abilities, that shape that we looked at. And there was an announcement about earlier, and yes, the financial resources that you're blessed with. Uh, to be able to think about that, because so often, and look at truth about it, because so often I think we reduce it to what it is that God never intended it to be. And so I just want you to think about when you heard that word giving, what did you think about? You know, often people take that word, and especially if they're tying it to financial resources, they look at it in a way that God didn't intend. For some, especially as you get into this time of the year, maybe a little bit later, it gets reduced to being a great tax write-off. For some, giving is reduced to simply a duty or an obligation. That's what it is that God, quote-unquote, demands of me, so that's what I need to do. Others use giving as a way to, you know, basically earn brownie points, so you get respect, you look good, all of that stuff, whether it's brownie points with others or with God, think that if I, if I give, you know what, I'm going to get something in return. It's kind of that, that whole misunderstanding about what it is that, that giving does and what it's meant to be in our hearts. Others use it as a tool to manipulate, to be able to, to make demands and then get what they want, so that giving's attached to that. You know, for all of those things and so many others, it, it's far from the heart of God. It's not what he intended giving to be at all. And he speaks about grace, and he speaks about giving connected and tied to that in his word. Giving is always about the heart. And it is a tremendous privilege to be able to give. You think about that in terms of grace. Was it a tremendous privilege for God out of his love for us? We can't even really maybe frame it that way. The gift of Jesus. Imagine what was in the heart of God when he realized the impact that that would bring in the hearts and lives of people changed everything, landscape of humanity, grace. And the same thing is true for you and me. And he gives us the privilege and the opportunity through giving to celebrate grace and to be filled with it. It changes everything for us when we understand what grace is truly and what giving truly is all about. We looked at a passage out of 2 Corinthians 8 last week about the tie and the connection of grace to giving. And we're going to look at a passage again, just a chapter over, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 15, that celebrates grace again, ties it to giving, but then with a thought and an understanding about the impact and the harvest that it brings when it comes out of the heart. 
passages, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15, truth about giving from God's heart. So as you hear it, open yours. Hear the living, powerful word of God. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should give in their heart, uh, should give what they have decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you proved yourselves. People will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession in the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of God. Might it be written on our hearts and lived in our lives. This surely is another example of God speaking about what giving is to be all about, about what it is that he had in his heart when he gave the privilege to the created as the creator to give. There is a distinct connection, and you can never get away from it. All of Scripture that you read about giving is always tied to grace, giving is, and to the heart. This is a time um, right now, isn't it, in the place that we live in, that we're looking at and seeing a harvest? Yeah, have you um, seen any uh, vegetable stands pop up? Uh, It's been going on for a little while. Vegetable and fruit, apple harvest. Now, um, and so if you're a gardener and, and you've been out in your garden and you've been picking things for a while now, it's just a great time of the year, isn't it? You know, you do all of that hard work, so to speak, and you get to go out there and pick things. I remember we had that privilege and opportunity. Great. Fresh beans, whatever else it is that you grow in your garden. And, and it's true in, in a much larger sense. So you've got apple orchards, all kinds of things. You look at that fields. I remember talking to a, a couple of people last week on Sunday and saying, hey, aren't they going to start chopping that corn down pretty soon? And he said, yep. And, and you've seen that. So I know I'm a little further south. There's a lot of combining. There's some around here, but not much, but a lot of chopping. And so if you're not seeing the, the corn go down in different fields, maybe you get behind um, one of those guys pulling that stuff, and so then you're really aware that it's harvest time. Yeah, it's a great time. It's a good time. And if you think in those terms, so you think garden, you think harvest, you think of fields, And you really 
process what's happening from the time seeds are planting to the time that's coming out. Maybe you can connect and get a little greater understanding of what giving is all about for you and me. Even in verse 6, it starts, right? Did you see those words? Whoever sows how sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously reaps generously. I mean, we get that. We, we understand that, right? And at one level, it might look like a mathematical equation, but it's so much more than that. I want to ask you, if you wanted to have tomatoes coming out of your ears, how would you be more successful at that if you put one plant in or ten? I mean, all other things equal. Think about a farmer for a minute. If he had this huge field, let's just say it's a 100-acre field, and he planted two rows of seed in that field, all other things equal, would he get more out of those two rows of seed or if he planted the whole field with hundreds and hundreds of rows? I think it's pretty easy to get, right? So that passage starts off sharing that thought, giving us that, that visual image and picture of what is true about our hearts. You see, when you plant seeds down in the ground, same thing in terms of what is planted, what's going on in our hearts. And, and that's what giving is all about. And so it just states the obvious there at the start. Always connected to the heart. You see that this passage just flows and continues to move in that direction. Verse 7, what does it say? Very clear. It removes all of the doubts about what giving is about, even if we come up with all kinds of different arguments or, or thoughts about what giving is and how people perceive it or, or what it's supposed to mean. It gets right to the heart of the matter. Each person should decide to give where, what, what they have decided where, in their heart. In their heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It wipes away all of the arguments wipes away all of the thoughts, just focuses, direct, tight focus on what giving is truly all about. Regardless of what we think, again, other people view it as or what we view it as. Incredibly powerful passage. And you see those words, for God loves a cheerful giver. And you think about heart, what brings you cheer? What brings you joy? What brings you cheer and joy about God? Grace. Grace in the day, in the moment. Grace eternally. Grace in Jesus Christ. Grace in the Holy Spirit. God's presence in your heart and in your lives. And cheerfulness. And there's other words that are attached to that. And it's all throughout this passage as well. When you think of, of giving and you think of grace. You can't get away from an understanding of what God hopes is in our heart without mentioning that because, because grace is the catalyst then. It's what ignites inside of us a response to giving again, whether it's our time, whether it's our efforts, whether it's our gifts, who it is that God made us up to be, and or our financial resources. It is a response of the heart of faith. It is a response in our heart of gratitude, and those things combined, it's all about cheerful giving. 
when you understand that God is going to meet your every need, doesn't that bring you joy and cheer? When you understand and know, indeed, that God chose you. He revealed his grace to you. Not because of who you are or are going to be. Out of his sheer unconditional love, revealed himself to you. Gratitude. See, that, that's what it's all rooted and centered in. Grace. It's all about the heart, no matter what it is we try to make it out to be. And he speaks very clearly here and shares that truth. The faith piece, look at verse 8. I love this a little whole passage, of course, but here it is. God is able to make. I want you to think about this. Really focus on what it is that God says here. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Here it comes. So that in all things, some things, no, all things, at all times, only when times are good, what about okay, average, bad? No, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, lacking in want ever, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What a promise. What an incredible promise. And, and I read those words, and, and it's so powerful. There's so much inclusion there. All, always, everything. A connection to grace. See, God's grace in giving just isn't about a response in terms to Jesus Christ, but it's, but it's what he does and how he takes care of us and all the promises that he gives day in and day out in our hearts and in our lives. And it's an understanding of that that, that fills the heart again with, with gratitude, with faith, with thanks, with joy. And I want to ask you, what would it look like in churches across the United States and the world, if they, if they gave that way. Think about it a minute. Maybe I should tell you that the average Protestant church, mainstream denominations, and, and so we would be considered a part of that. The average follower of Jesus Christ gives like 2.1%. And, 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 and again, it's not about a mathematical equation. It's about the heart. But, but I'm just asking, what would it look like in churches and in ministries? What would it look in, in consistory rooms? What would it look in team meetings? What would it look like in churches if indeed this understanding of what God is promising right here in his word was believed wholeheartedly? Now, another question. Tighten the focus. Go into your own home and into your own heart. What would be different? If this truth and this promise that God gives were lived out with faith and with gratitude, what would be happening? What would you see? Maybe things would be the same. Maybe they wouldn't be. See, what an incredible 
promise, what an incredible truth. And when you think about the fields and you think about the harvest now, what would you be celebrating in your life? What would you be harvesting? What would the impact be? This is so, so deep and so powerful to think about. Again, it's, it's, it's not about mathematical equations or duties. It's about what we have in our heart. Indeed, spirit-filled giving creates much more than an impact of just meeting needs. And I want you to think about that because, again, heart, that's true. And that's addressed in in this passage as well as as we go on. So you have those those promises there and and maybe a good way to think about it when you think about the impact of spirit-filled giving and and, and giving with faith and joy. I I mean, it's not Christmas time, but it's going to be here soon, right? So let me ask you this question. When it does come, or maybe you got a birthday or something you're going to celebrate before that, but I I think most of us can remember back to to Christmas or relate the truth to Christmas. So um, what what is going on in, in in your heart when you know that somebody gives you a a present, and they're beaming. And you can see inside of their heart. You can see there's joy there. And it's out of a relationship that you have with that person. It's just a profound moment. You know that, right? Because you know the opposite. You know that when somebody gives you something they don't really want to give you, or they just like, yeah, well, here it is, you know, that kind of thing. You know the difference when you receive those gifts, right? Is that not true? Maybe you're so deep in thought. What about when you give a gift that way too, right? You know when you give a gift out of the heart. You know when you're filled with joy and deep love and you just just give that gift and you're just, ooh, you just can't wait for that person to open it. It's so special. It's such a great moment. And when you don't, you see, see that giving is, is a matter of the heart. You know, when I think about that and I think about Christmas and I think about gifts and, and I relate it to grace, I, I, my mind has to go to what is it that God is seeing in our giving? The, the giver of everything, the giver of life. The giver of everything that you have and possess in this moment. It's all because of God's grace. Don't ever think, don't ever be too prideful that what it is that you own and what it is that you have is because of you. There's a few parables about that. God's grace. And how is it? What does he he look down with with joy himself? Does it please him to see how it is that we're giving in response to his grace? I think about that a lot. And again, you can tie it into finances. That's great. Or you can think about your life as a whole. See, spirit-filled giving. And and it goes uh, past, past all of the things that we think it does in terms of just meeting needs. If you read 
the rest of the, the passage, you start to see what it is that God is speaking about in terms of the impact that it makes. Verse 12, the service you perform, and that means participating, exercising um, the goodness in terms and the privilege of being able to give. It, it not only um, supplies the needs of God's people, but is overflowing in expressions of thanks to God. I think about that when needs are met. And sometimes when we give somebody something or we do something for them out of the heart, we might not get exactly the response we thought or we don't see the real gratitude that's in the heart. And I've had the privilege of experiencing that time in and time out about what we think maybe is insignificant or minute or whatever, and yeah, we're, we're going to do it, and we are genuinely led to do, but then the impact that that makes. Never underestimate a heart-given gift and what it is that God will do with it. Overflowing in many expressions, and then you, then you go down to, to verse 13. Prove yourself. People will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Did you catch that? Did you make that connection? See, see, often the, the knock on followers of Jesus, there's that whole hypocrisy thing going on too, but then also, are they really true and faithful to what it is that God tells them to do and how it is that he tells them to live, and that goes along with giving too? Does a gracious God then equate and turn into in terms of being able to see him in a heart and in a life? Is that witnessed through a stingy giver? that happens to know Jesus, I, I don't think that's a great connection, a connection to grace, obedience, confession of the gospel of Christ, a witness. How it is that we give and who it is that we are and what we have in our hearts regarding that has a lot to do with our witness of the gospel of Jesus, right? I mean, if we're incredibly thankful for it and we know the, the promises and the gifts of God, who it is that we be then and how it is that we give, that's a direct correlation to how we understand that gift to be and the importance and the value we place on it. It's true. These are all things to think about. So powerful in this passage, so much more than just meeting needs. Prayers, verse 14. Grace-filled giving opens the heart and the door to many prayers. Maybe for more needs to be met, but also praise. Praise. We did that this morning. We celebrated God's faithfulness. Lots of praise for who God is and the grace that he gives to us, that he gives to us. And the hope is that, that we would take that and, and just simply by emulating being that the door will be open to many more prayers of praise simply because of the blessing of God's grace poured out and showered in people's lives. It's awesome. There's so much. Truth about being a cheerful giver. So two weeks, two different passages, chapter apart, about giving. There's a few things that God hopes that we walk away with, reading those passages and so many more. Again, there's more shared in the New Testament about giving than anything else. 
for good reason, because of what we make it out to be and how people perceive it to be something that it's not. So he speaks a lot about it. And the number one thing that he wants you to understand about giving is the connection it has to grace. It's about him blessing you forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity with his presence. Jesus, body and blood given and shed for you, grace, a response to that of faith and thanks. And then each and every day, his grace in meeting your needs and taking care of you and then empowering and enabling you to be a giver. I think about that all kinds of times. What a profound privilege it is to be a partner in the gospel with God. God? That he would count you worthy to have a a seat at the table, so to speak? A row in the garden? Isn't it amazing? Man, it gets me a little excited. Connection to grace. And then a response to grace. What are we going to do with it? You've been given grace. Your giving's connected to that, but what kind of garden are we going to work? What's our response going to be? Is it going to be one that's filled with doubt and fears about the meeting of our needs? So we're going to be a little short on the faith part? What about the joy and the gratitude? We're going to grow a garden that's, again, just something that we're going to eat out of and that we're going to taste? Are we going to work a kingdom garden? He wants us to think about those things. Truth connected to giving. And then um, to show how it is that God will meet our every need whenever we need it. And that's, that's the thing that, again, is tied to both of those things. And that's verse 11 all over again. All of the things in verse 8, all of the things that, that we wonder about. You know, it's always amazed me when you can give of yourself or whatever it is just a little bit and see what God turns it into. It is profound. There's nothing like a gift given for the glory of God and out of the heart that he won't take and turn into something that just blows your mind away. That's the God that we serve. That's the connection he wants us to make. So, those truths and celebrating the harvest, um, all good things to think about and to connect to giving. It's all about the heart. You know, I love... I love working in the garden. I love planting seeds, seeing what sprouts up. I love seeing growth, how things develop and mature. And yes, 
I love this time of the year when you see an incredible harvest. I also love working in a garden that produces good things to eat and vegetables and fruit. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I hope indeed as you think about truth and you think about giving, that you think about your heart. You know, you're never going to find a place in Scripture where God mandates you to give, regardless of what that means. He's never going to say, you must serve in this ministry or that ministry. You must give this much of your time. You must give this part of yourself. You must give this much of your income. You're not going to find it. What you are going to find is a God who encourages you, beckons you to open up your heart to the gifts of grace, those given to you, what that means, how you respond to it, and what it will mean in his kingdom harvest. It's truly something to celebrate. And it creates an abundant, an abundant harvest. And I hope, too, that as a body of Jesus Christ, we're looking and we're seeing that. And we can focus on a lot of different things. But the good things that God is doing, the blessings, man, literally out of this world. Kingdom things. And each and every person that's a part of the body of Jesus Christ here has a share in that. God is so, so good. He just wants us to look in our hearts, maybe move the needle a little bit, to grow in our understanding of giving. That's between you and him. So let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for your goodness in revealing that in my heart and the hearts of the people that are here. And Lord, if, if there's someone who doesn't know that grace and maybe can't even relate to the truth that was just shared, oh Lord, I just pray for an open heart pray that there'd be an understanding of who it is that you are, what it is that you desire to give all of yourself represented in the cross and then what that means O oh Lord from day to day in this life is flesh and blood your goodness, your goodness, your goodness oh God is so deep and so profound Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to see that fully and completely in the living of life. So when it comes to giving, being partners in the gospel, we'll get it. And the response to you will be one of faith, and the response to you will be one of thanks and gratitude, and the response to you will be one of cheer and of joy. Help us to not make giving anything in our lives Anything less than that. And then help us to celebrate. We're not too good at that sometimes, oh God. Maybe I'm speaking personally. But to celebrate all that you are and the kingdom harvest that's all around as well as the many other opportunities you are counting us worthy 
We praise your name. Fill us to overflowing with your grace. In your name we pray. Amen.